Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com. And once again, we have the lovely and talented Mrs. DSO in the house. All right, it's enough of that. So, <laughs> never gets old. So, um, what are we going to talk about today? Um, for those that do not know, that just stumbled upon this podcast by accident, um, first of all, go to my website at dadstartingover.com. The majority of people that end up at my website who join our members group who pay me and five other gentlemen to do um, what we call one-on-one coaching. They do so, most of the guys do so, because they read or listened to a book that I wrote called The Dead Bedroom Fix. The book is about a very common phenomenon, and for a lot of men listening to this, they're going to nod their head and say, yep, I know that well, which is you're married or in a long-term monogamous relationship, and yay, the sex dries up. And what the hell happened? That book is my take on, well, here's probably what's going on. And here's what you, if, if there's anything you can, you can do as a man, here's what I prescribe for you. Here's what, here's what I think you should do. And the book, for whatever reason, became pretty popular. And I get a lot of uh, feedback on it. And like I say, a lot of people to the website and to the group, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Mrs. DSO here was, uh, played a big part in the creation of that book because she was my proofreader. After my first draft of it, I sent it over to her and said, uh, here you go, make some corrections and tell me what you think I should change, et cetera, et cetera, and she did. So there you go. And um, we thought it'd be interesting if she gave her feedback and her thoughts on the book as a woman, because it was not written for her, but um, she does know of some women whose husbands have read the book and they're kind of in a, I don't know, tailspin, or they're wondering what the hell does this book mean? How does it pertain to us and our relationship? How has it affected us? How has it affected my husband? Et cetera, et cetera. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the book and what you think and where to start with this. Um, I think there's two types of reaction to the book. The one is the reaction to just the, f- the concept of the book. What does the book stand for? What does the whole fraternity stand for? Um, there's one reaction to that. And then the other is the reaction to the content of the book itself. 
um, and I like to split those two up um, because I think it makes a difference. The first encounter I had with your fraternity stuff was actually when your project was just in the, when it was just a project, when it was all starting out and you were just gathering some data and building a website and writing some blog posts here and there. And it was all just very much in its baby steps. Mm-hmm. And you, I didn't know about it. You kind of kept it from me because I think you were still just building it and figuring out what it was going to be. Yeah, and it basically just started off as a blog. That's all it was. Yeah, and I I stumbled upon it. I don't know what, what, what happened. I picked up an iPad or something and saw that it, that really? was an open tab. It was something like that, and it immediately upset me because I was like, oh, here is my man with his secret little life that he isn't sharing with me. I think a lot of women have that exact sentiment when they find out that their husband has this um, secret thing going on that he's not sharing. Because in in a lot of marriages, women and men share everything with each other. And if there's something that all of a sudden is, is, um, and I'm making air marks here. Air quotes. Air quotes. um, That they're not, that they're keeping from them. Then it always, you know, gets the woman going like, hmm, why is he keeping that from me? Is that porn? (laughs) <laughs> is is he having an affair? Dad's starting over gay porn. <laughs> yes. So it, that's like the instinct, the instinctual re- reaction of the wife is okay. He's not sharing it with me, therefore it must There's be bad, or I wouldn't approve of it. Going yeah. On here. So I was like, why? Why are you not telling me about this? What is this? This is weird. And and you said, well, I just haven't really figured out what it's going to be. And you explained it immediately. And he was like, oh, okay, it's just your your project, kind of like your. Some people go in the basement and, and work on their car. Oh, no, that you don't do that in the basement. Work on their t- toy train collection. Yeah. Others go work their stamp collection. Others go mm-hmm. build a car, and and that was your project. So I was like, okay, I got it. So I think that's a that's an important point is that a lot of the wives out there learn f- from their husbands at some point that they're doing something. They're bettering themselves. They're reading this. They're in this fraternity. And a lot of the women are like, I don't really know what this is about. I'm kept out of the loop. And it makes them crazy because they don't like being out of the loop. That A lot of women like to be in control. They like to always know what their husbands are doing. So it creates a lot of anxiety. And in a way, that's good. We want them to be a little bit, you know, on their, on their toes, wondering, oh, what's going on? Because that's part of the fix. When the woman um, doesn't know what's going on, that little anxiety that kind of creates a little tension that we've actually been looking for if, if our de- bed- bedroom has been dead. Um, at the same time, I think every person in the marriage is entitled to their safe secret space where they just do their own stuff and the husband and the boy, the wife doesn't always have to know what's going on with the other one. Um, so I, I think that's healthy. Um, but I think a lot of women experience this whole fraternity thing as, oh, this is the secret man space that I'm not allowed in. It's it's in some way dirty. It's a, it's a mm. secretive thing, and, and they just don't like it. And so the instinctual reaction for a lot of women is just, ugh, I hate it and everything that it stands for. I've, I've kind of read that between the lines, and I think it's super important that the that the women understand, no, this is something that the men are doing to improve the marriage and themselves. So this is in the opposite of men hmm. pulling away. It's the opposite of men cheating. It's the opposite of men having a dirty little secret. They're actually trying to better themselves. And, that's and you know, you talk about that, um, our own little man space. Yeah. Uh, that that was kind of the cultural norm for many years. Yes, and I think that's healthy. The, man had, the men went away and they went to like a, you know, if you're in a nicer city, there's like some nice gentlemen's clubs, which doesn't necessarily mean strippers. It just could mean like a, a social club where you go and 
it's nice and you dress up and have a cigar and a scotch and just sit around and bullshit all the way to your more blue collar going to the bar bar and having a pint yeah. with your mates as the guys in the uk and, and the australia say of which we have a lot in our frat um and it's just there's an there's an understood element to those groups which is no women allowed and there's a big reason for that the tone of these groups changes immensely as soon as can i bring my wife no no yeah. this is this is and that is not anti-woman it's pro-man there's a very big difference. It's yeah, it's the same when we have our ladies' nights with our wines and our books and our crafts. We don't want the guys around. If you, if your husband was like, oh, oh, can I go? Can I go? You would just sneer your nose and say, what in the hell? Why would you want to go to that? So it's kind of the same thing, ladies. Why the hell do you want to? And this is interesting. I I know this wasn't the purpose of our talk, but um, a lot of us guys have found how interesting it is if there's a man-only space. Boy, women want to get into that. What the hell's going on in here? You know, pounding on the door, the proverbial door. Let me in. What's going on? You're up to no good. Kind of like um, recent examples of this being Boy Scouts. The girls are like, I want in the Boy Scouts. Well, we have the Girl Scouts. No, 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 no. Something's going on. It's never the opposite, though. The boys, the boys don't want to go to the Girl Scouts. No. The boys don't want to go out with the ladies for the women's wine night. What do you think's going on there? What, is it you, what are you guys so worried about or why do you always want to intrude in our spaces that's a good question i think a big part is jealousy and a fear that um in those men's clubs there will be some naked girl that will sit in your lap and just and you then mm. all of a sudden decide oh i'd rather go with that naked girl than with my wife at home so i think i think a lot of that is just us fearing the worst when you're amongst yourselves thinking oh my gosh all this testosterone in one room can't be good and it, it amplifies the the masculinity and we all know that amplified masculinity equals infidelity mm -hmm. and all the bad things and things going wrong and things getting broken and my husband coming back with a broken arm um i don't know we just have this perception that when men are in a group that it never ends well yeah isn't that funny <laughs> and and yet every man like in our group for example will tell you you know it's funny they all think that but when us men get together there's crying, <laughs> there's hugging, there's a lot of deep, deep chats and pats on the back and stuff like that. And yeah, there's the occasional somebody had one too many drinks and then they fight it. You know, that's rare, but you know, they come to blows. But um, what happens at the end? Eh, I guess we're friends again. So it's just, um, yeah. Well, maybe here's a here's a food for thought. Maybe mm. we're projecting. Because when we are amongst each other, that's exactly what you're doing. That's what I was going to get to. That's exactly <laughs> the bachelorette what you're doing. parties. They get pretty raunchy. Isn't that funny? <laughs> you put a bunch, and I've talked about this ad nauseum in my podcast and in the book and so forth. You put a bunch of men in a strip club with the hottest woman imaginable up on stage, and they all sit like statues and sip sip their drink, you know, like creeps, and just stare and just stare. And at most, they may elbow their friend next to them and go, "Oh my god, did you see that? Yeah, I know." Wow, yeah, and that's it. You go to a woman's, like a, you know, let's get the male stripper on stage. They'll be quiet until they get a sense that, oh, I can let my hair down? And nobody's going to judge me for this? And, late, you know, the secretary from accounting over there is, is get, standing up and going, woo, and, you know, taking her bra off and twirling it above her head, you know, or whatever. It, it, all bets are off. It is just chaos at that point. Let me just put, it out, put this out there. It, remember Nashville, you and I? I think it was Nashville. Um, we went to this club 
I don't think I've ever seen male genitalia out on display at a bachelor party, but I've definitely seen a bachelorette party where I've where I've seen painting oh, yeah. as women doing stuff oh, on yeah. stage or on that. Remember the bull riding? Yeah. That really drunk bachelorette party girl. And you're like, yeah, I just completely saw that woman's vulva. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, that's, that says so yeah. much. Men tend to, they just drink. They have a good time. They pat that's each funny. other on the back and they say, ha tomorrow get married. How does that feel? Ha freedom's over. And then that's it. Yep. And then they wake up with a terrible hangover. And that was pretty much it. So very innocent, really, most of the time. I don't know so much yeah, we about just the had our uh, We just had our DSO fraternity, yeah. fraternity, I can never say that, um, meeting in Nashville where we all got together as a group in person and we walked around and we saw what they call the woo girls yes. in Nashville. The woo! And, you know, they have like a little crown on their head that says, you know, bride to be or whatever, or a penis thing on their head because I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Genitals, and I, I don't get it. Or they're drinking from a penis glass. There's something about penises and about to get married, which is ironic considering that. Dead bedrooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, when's the last time you're like, uh, you heard like, oh man, you be careful going out in the city. Those stupid woo guys, those bachelor parties. Whew, <laughs> you got to watch out for them. They're crazy. No, it's the it's the women that are nuts. Yeah, and so maybe there's projection going on. Yeah, I, but I think it's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. You guys just get together. It's like, yeah, we sit. With beer, stare at each other, talk, and that's about it. Play some pool, talk about sports. Yeah, but even if, if that's not it and that's not projection, it, it's also just this lack of control. Women just love having control. What's that about? Uh, well, I think, I, think I think it's, it's no, I think it's because we think naturally you are meant to pollinate multiple flowers and um, Wait, we just worry when you're not in our radius. Yes. So you're saying... Us men are programmed to go out and have sexual intercourse with a bunch of different women. Yes. And you assume that's what we're doing. And so that's why we have or to always have you in our eyesight. The worst case scenario is that we would go out and do that. Yeah. Um, or um, in a less uh, sexual way, I think it's just if you control something, then it's a less chance for things to go weird in any way, cha chaotic. So if I control this, I can control my anxiety in the moment. And uh, every, I know everything will go just fine if I control it from A to Z. Yeah, which is... And, and if all of a sudden something's a little squirrely and goes sideways, uh, it's not why, not what I planned, which is um, a topic for another podcast. Yes. But this is, you know, women put, you know, I always joke, 1,467 things on their plate and they expect it all to go as planned perfectly. And when it doesn't, oh, I'm a failure, this is awful and terrible. And while us men put like three or four things on our plate and we're like, yeah. This I can control. I like this. <laughs> yeah, but see, so that was my initial reaction. So just a biological knee-jerk response of, oops, this is something that my husband didn't share with me. I don't like it. That's I, a I personal thing. I honestly do not remember that. Did you That's keep so that to yourself? No, I, I, I actually remember being kind of upset and confronting you with it. And you yeah. said, wow, this is so awesome. No, you forget so much stuff. Obviously, it wasn't a great big... No, it was a big, oh, come me. on. We have like one of those a year, maybe. Yeah, but, I, but you consider that but one of the big emotions? No, not at all. Oh, okay. That's say. why I think we just no. don't have that many. But I, I remember confronting you and saying, you, hey, what is this? And uh, I was kind of upset. And you were like, oh, I just didn't want to share it with you on this until it was something that I can really oh, yeah, share, that's, that's that I'm really proud of. And that's really something because it wasn't really anything mm. at that point, at yeah. least in your opinion. So you caught it in the early, early stages. Yes. See, the, 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 the um, timeline of it was... Um, just a blog and I happened to find a really good domain name and dad starting over.com. And then, uh, when I 
I don't know how many different articles I wrote, but one of them got um, traction, which was about dead bedrooms. And like, woe was me. My first marriage was sexless. I wonder why that is. And why is it in this new relationship that there's so much sex? And how come my other buddy doesn't get any and talking all about it? It's since long gone. I think I got rid of it because I gave away too much stuff in it. Um, and then somebody said, you should write a book on this stuff. And that's when I wrote that. And I started working on that. And that's when I brought you in the fold of here's this book I'm writing. Can you proofread it for me? Et cetera, et cetera. So, and that was back in 2017. Yeah. Wow. But anyhow. Yeah. Um, so that that's just up to the point one, the re the response to the yeah. existence of the book and the existence of the or not the existence of a fraternity at that point, but just the, the fact that you were working on something that was going that direction, and that was your own thing. And you can relate and that wasn't and you can relate that to ladies who find out their husband is reading said book yeah. and joining a group that he's kinda eh, I don't really don't need to bring my wife into this. Yeah, and then Which all I would agree, you don't need to wife, guess what I'm doing? No. I think a lot of wives would be like, Do you really need to tell me this? But if it's a super impactful thing in your life and I'm getting ready to run to Nashville, Tennessee to meet up with a bunch of guys, what guys? Guys from a men's group. What men's group? What are you, yeah. You've been in a men's I think, group? Yeah. I think it's something nice to share if you think it has reached a point where it has a positive impact in your life and it becomes a, a thing that of meaning to you in your life because you like sharing positive things mm -hmm. with your wife, right? Mm -hmm. It's also nothing to hide from her because, again, that'll just be a knee-jerk reaction, but it's, it's nothing to, to mention, really, unless it is something that has an, a, a, an immeasurable effect in your life that may, might make her go, where is he off to this weekend? Why is he on, on his computer five hours at night? Um, that might be a point where you may just say, say hey, I, I got this group of guys that I'm hanging out with, or I don't know, I, I don't know... If you need to mm -hmm. overshare, I think every person in the marriage deserves their their private space and their thing that they're doing that the other person doesn't necessarily have to be much um, involved in. There's uh, we're kind of getting into the content of the book itself, but there's a point I make in the book of uh, the book is basically a lot of self improvement type stuff. You know, get over yourself, and here's what you need to do to be a better version of you. And um, I say in there that a common reaction from a lot of guys is, <laughs> "I can't do all that shit." She's going to think I'm cheating on her. And I just stare blankly at them and say, that's kind of the point. And, no, it's not necessarily. <laughs> but and are you doing anything wrong? No. What are you trying to do? Improve myself, look better, act better, be less needy. Oh, you monster. How dare you? Yeah, but I'm just afraid what she's going to think. Ugh. Well, yeah. That's, that's, Who cares? Because you're a yucky thing. Number you're one, doing well, nothing wrong. But to your point. They realize, yeah, but I can just see the anxiety building in my wife and I can just see I need to release that pressure valve a little bit. Otherwise, she's just going to go nuts. Yeah. So there's a fa fine balance, which is hard to get, especially if your marriage is in a weird dynamic spot or, or everything's kind of off, which is why you would be reading the book. Um, so I think it's a this tough balance of making sure she doesn't lose her mind over something mysterious that you're doing. Um, but also not oversharing and letting her in to the point where she would be reading all your posts, mm. proofreading all your posts and, and hmm. being, being part of the fraternity or lurking around in the fraternity under a fake. It's identity. almost like there's a, I keep using the phrase tipping point because mm -hmm. that applies to a lot of things. It's all of a sudden it's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's and now fun. it's weird or now it's gross or not, whatever. And I can see, um, a, I, I've joined a men's group in case you see like a receipt on the credit card bill or something like that. Okay. It's DSO stands for dad starting over things. Just so you know. All right. Um, do you want to hear what this guy said on this group today? Oh, sure. 
Oh, do you want to hear what this other guy? Okay, now you've officially involved me too much. I don't need to be in your little world, husband. Well, I'm just trying to get you involved. Now it all of a sudden became just a little needy and weird, and he's trying to rope you in and here. But let me tell you about this thing and this because he's excited, and the wife's just kind of, <clears throat> yeah. But it's okay for you to have your own little thing, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's, it's like fine. the locker room, right? Yeah, I don't need to hear all that happens in the locker room. That's that's yeah. fine. What happens behind closed doors? So. Um, um, so that that was that one part. Mm-hmm. Um, the the bigger part is how did I react to the stuff that I read mm-hmm. in the book when I proofread it? And my initial in, reaction was, ooh, women do not get come across very nice in this. I mm-hmm. thought it was very mis- very misogynistic. That was my immediate thought. Mm-hmm. Like, oof, this guy hates women. <laughs> I, I seriously thought that, and mm-hmm. and. And it's, I think, important for you to know that because you're a guy and you did not write the book with that intention mm-hmm. whatsoever. You're mm-hmm. not misogynistic at all. Um, I think you just wrote it from a perspective of, dude, you're unhappy in your marriage. This is what you need to do. And there are some women that behave in a certain way. And let me tell you why and how you can fix it. And so what I, I think what came across was, okay, the woman is basically a little animal that has certain behaviors and here's how you can manipulate them. And that whole concept, hmm. no, 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 I'm, I'm just telling you how I perceived that it. Impressive. Yes, yeah, gotcha, yes, yes. Gotcha. That whole concept just angered me. It was like, I'm not a predictable animal. I don't have buttons you can push. And, and by the way, you're noticing how my buttons were pushed just by reading the book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, so I just hated that I was apparently this predictable little thing that I just needed to to be manipulated in the right way to to give to to provide sex. Mm. So that that's that can be the perception, mm-hmm. and and so that's the the critical part about the book. It can be very destructive if if it's perceived wrong. But per, the the good thing is that the majority of the times the book does only wonders and does does good things for people. Mm-hmm. So what is uh, why why do you think it is not perceived poorly? Well, because most women don't read it. And I th- like most of the people that I ask, um, that are wives of of people that have read the book, they have never read the book, mm-hmm. and they ask me, "Should I read it?" And I said, "You know, you you may with an open mindset, you can read it, but just understand it wasn't written for women; it was written for men, and men do not do well with little hints, little. They don't like met- metaphor metaphors. Is mm-hmm. it, yeah, Metaphor. they don't like metaphors." Um, they just need to have it bluntly spelled out for them. And women mm-hmm. are not like that. We like mm-hmm. having things fluffed up a little bit and put some glitter and bedazzle and yeah. make it look sound better. But for men, it has to be written like a recipe. Like, do this, do that, don't do this. don't. And, and then as I kept reading the book, I realized, oh, he's just as blunt about men. Mm, but you're you not just, you're not... Yeah, you're not just saying, "Oh, the women are awful in this, and they're doing shit tests, and they're doing this behavior, and doing this, and you, this is not okay." They were also saying the same to men. They said the, the book said, "You're a couch potato. Get off your butt. Get in the gym and better yourself." And when I realized, "Oh, he's tough on both," he's basically just saying, "You're in a spot in your marriage where mm-hmm. you need to get up and change stuff. Otherwise, you're just going to be miserable for the rest of your life. If you if you want your marriage to be better, it takes two, and you're the one reading this book, so you need to start start doing something." When I realized that, I was like, "Oh, now we're talking. Now, now <laughs> I get it. It's not a book against me or against the wife. It's a book that is just trying to rattle, rattle very much a, a, a comfort zone mm-hmm. that has become a discomfort zone." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you go into uh, any of these kind of books, you know, it's funny. Um, there was that book called "Come as You Are" 
by Emily Nagoski, I believe is her name. And um, I wrote about it and I wrote a little quick review on it. But basically when I uh, look at the sales rank of my book on Audible, my book hovers between the number five spot in its category in the world, which is awesome. And it sometimes goes all the way down to like 15, 20, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. But there's always like one or two that are always in the one or two spot. And one of them is Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. So I had to read it. And it's aimed as women. And what a cool title, Come As You Are. This is perfect. And it's about um, female sexuality. And the entire book could be summarized in one sentence. If you are one way, that's perfectly fine. If you're this other way, that's also perfectly fine. In fact, whatever way you are, Hallelujah, high five, sister. Go on living your life. You go, girl. You're amazing. The end. The entire book was that. She bounced around back and forth and just kept coming to the same conclusion, saying, some women experience this while others experience that. That does not float with men whatsoever because they end up going to the book and going, I paid twelve ninety five for what? For you go, dude, you're, you're awesome? No, in the trash it goes. Um, give me you know the it should be something like insert tab a into slot b repeat (laughs) that's what we want a a manual honestly i i think that's and that goes off on a tangent here but i think that's one of the the things that's wrong with a lot of the women is we've we we as women have read too many of those books that say you go girl continue your awful horrible manipulative behavior because that's perfectly fine hmm. you're the queen you, you deserve nothing but the best and um, reinforces that whole idea of women being on a pedestal and being above everybody else um in a somewhat misogynistic country may i say like there's there's some aspects of this nation that are not very pro-woman what i'm what i'm saying is that um there are a lot of there's a big movement in society that pushes women in the corner of um you are perfect the way you are you have nothing to change and everybody has to accommodate uh, be accommodating towards you and and I, i'm not okay with that nobody's that perfect and um in a marriage it as i said it takes two so there should be more books out there that tell women just like the dead bedroom fix no girl you need to get to the gym you need to stop eating crap and you need to stop blaming all your kids that you had um for all the things that you're not doing in your marriage you need to just get get get, improve your marriage and that's what the the bedroom fix does and i think that's very harsh and a lot of women if they hear about it or they may read passages they may think oof I don't know if I can handle all this aggressiveness and all this this change happening at once. We've mm-hmm. been so comfortable, and I've I've been hiding behind my husband's comfort by saying, "Oh, great! If he's a couch potato, I can be a couch potato too. Great! If he drinks a beer at night, then I can have my glass of wine. Um, that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, if if he doesn't want to have sex, then oh, great! I'm I'm not having sex either. If he doesn't initiate, oh, I'm not even going to bring it up. And and so. Um, I think a lot of women just don't like the idea that they got into this comfort zone and their husband is trying to mix things up and trying to get things to be better because it means, oh, no, now I have to do something too, but I'm so tired. There you go. Yeah. And And, um, and I think... And and some flat out say that. Yes. I see all the effort you're putting into it. I recognize that you're right, but I I can't... uh, I just can't. I don't have it in me. And, uh, And there comes also the anxiety of... Oh no, now he looks so good and, and he's, he's gonna not going to want to be with me anymore and he's going to jump on the next good-looking 
12, 21 year old, not 12 year old, 21, that might be really wrong. I certainly hope not. (laughs) On the next 21 year old college girl. And, um, oh no, is this a midlife crisis? Is he going to buy a sports car next? So there's, there's a lot of anxiety, I think, that, that mixes in, uh, which and is why so many women don't perceive it well. And you say that, and there's a huge contingent of men that hear that and say, well, then shit, I'm not going to read a book that's going to send my wife into a tailspin. Jeez. To which I say, Jesus Christ, dude. That's the whole point. You're, you're saying, I don't want to better myself because it may make someone else feel bad? That's really bad. That's yeah. awful. That's like almost a codependent type of thing. Do you want to get in shape? I, I can't. She may think I'm cheating. Do you want to go out and get a hobby that takes you away from the house a little bit? From so you can. She. I can't. She might think I'm cheating. I can't. She'll think less of me. I can't. It's not like I'm saying you need to drink a lot more. <laughs> it's not like I'm saying. Have you thought about drugs? Or <laughs> have you thought about beating your wife or something awful like that? No, I'm saying. I'm literally saying better yourself. And your instant reaction is, yeah, right. I can't do that. It'll make her feel uneasy. If you find yourself doing that, men. That's a huge red flag for yourself um, because that's going to apply to a lot of things in life. I can't do that at the job. I may upset my coworker and they may not like me when that means like you bump yourself in your career and you get better. I, I, I can't tell off my friend who's ticked me off for the hundredth time that he's ticked me off because eh, I don't want to rock the boat and he's been good. For, he's been good to me. So I'll just let him do whatever. It, yeah. Big life lesson, you know, Cut that shit out. Don't do that anymore. And it applies to this as well. So anyway. No, but I, that's that's where the, that whole, my, my whole experience with the book comes full circle. I, I read the whole book and there's a lot of crude words and, and a lot of very, very man-to-man talk in it. So I don't really think it speaks much to us women and it doesn't really mean to. I have had some read it and email me saying, you know, thank you for the book because this is exactly what I wanted to say to my husband. Yes. To which I'm like, did you really need a book to say, hey, dummy, you know, you're 50 pounds overweight and I don't like it and I'm you're upsetting me and you're better than this and I know you're better than this and let's go, let's do this. She's like, I can't tell him that. It would upset it, him. He'll get all upset. I'm like, well, I, it's, it's one of those projection things, isn't it? Because I know if he told me that as wife, I would be very upset, so I can't tell him that. Like no, I don't think you recognize how men are wired. Yeah, they may very well be upset, but you'll see action. Yeah. For if the guy's got his head on straight, excuse well, me, you'll the, see action. Well, the book is a huge game changer in the way that um, it brings out all this discomfort because it it tells the man to the face, "Oh, buddy, if you're not getting laid, then a big part of that problem is you." It's not the wife saying, "I have a headache." And that is a. Um, it's funny a major, major um, um, uh, criticism of my book from people who don't even read it. They just see the ad and they see the general tone of it from the ad. And I will put in the ad a um, uh, review from Amazon or Audible or something like it. I'll just cut and paste it from Amazon or Audible. And just by that, that and the cover and so forth, they'll say, oh, here we go. Yet another, it's all men's fault book. Yet another, you know, society in general keeps pointing at me saying, you suck, man, you suck, man. And yet here's another book saying, not getting laid, you suck, man. No, <laughs> so, but that's not what it says. Uh, no. It, it, it basically. Defense, I say, no, it's, it's basically saying. Rediscover your masculinity. Or the only thing you can control is you, dude. You've been trying to control your wife all these years. It ain't working, is it? No. Well, how about this? Here's a novel thought. Get to work on yourself. And recognize some of your faults, and what, and it may not result in your wife saying, "I want to jump your bones." And that's when I say, "Newsflash!" At the end of the book, 
hey, maybe time to move on. And there's nothing wrong with it. Well, well, the, the, that's why I said where that's where the game changer comes in. Because so you're starting to better yourself, and what it does, it creates all this anxiety within your wife potentially. If anything, it'll create grounds for conversation that or conversations that you haven't had in years with your wife. It may create a lot of drama. It may stir up a lot of emotions. It may bring up um, resentments that have that you haven't talked about, mm-hmm. and it may very well lead to you guys deciding, "Oof, I guess we're not really happy together anymore." And no matter what I do as a man, no matter how attractive I am, no matter mm-hmm. how much I improve myself, she's not going to like me because she's never liked me. And I guess we're not meant for each other. Or she doesn't like herself too much, and she's not willing to put in the work. And yep. she just looked at me and said, I can't lose these 200 pounds I need to lose. Or I, I can't go get um, go to the counselor and talk about this obvious depression I've been in for years or anxiety issues that I have. Or um, kids come first. If you don't like a buddy, get the hell out. The kids are going to sleep in bed with us until they're 14. That's <laughs> you, I laugh, but that's happened. Um, it does, yeah. And um, so it's, that's the real crossroads for a lot of guys. Yeah, but that's why I would like to just tell the women out there that are – unsettled by either the content of the book or the result that they see the husbands coming from the book or just the husbands being in the fraternity i would just like them to understand this is not about you ladies (laughs) this is about your man finding a safe space to use that word that's Mm -hmm. so over overused where they they can just rediscover their manhood and themselves and where they can figure out how to better themselves in a society that's right now trying to tell a lot of men that they're just altogether wrong and that masculinity mm. is wrong. Like it's a tough place to be a man in right now. It's a mm. tough place to be a human in right now. It's everything that is but, soft. You know, not yeah. everything can be alpha male, tough, hard, 24-7. There are aspects to our life as a man where it's softer and um, on more quote-unquote feminine side. And for whatever reason, those things are what's propped up and what is um, um, uh, uh, rewarded. And the other stuff is like, you know, like if uh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, one of your colleague's husband at the previous hospital you worked at. Mm-hmm. When you guys were doing your painting class. Mm-hmm. Remember I sat with that husband? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said something that inched towards some type of intellectual topic and he kind of chuckled and said um i'm surprised you know that whatever that is and i said why is that and he says uh because you kind of look like um uh, he said like a a bodyguard type i think is what he said or something like that i was like it's kind of sad isn't it that you see a guy who just and i'm not like this huge hulk of a man you know i i just to him, I look like a guy who worked out, so that was enough to call me a bodyguard type. Um, so he said, uh, basically what he was saying was, guys who work out aren't intellectual, don't have any brains in his little mind. And With his uh, little chicken legs and his it, little... Yeah, and so then I was like, isn't that sad? <laughs> flabby that, arms. Isn't that sad that you kind of equate manly, quote-unquote, with kind of dumb? And he's like, yeah, you're right. And, um, you know, so I think that is just... Uh, in a nutshell, right there's the synopsis of a big problem because not all that manly stuff is bad, and there's a yep. big place for it. Yeah, and, and so in your relationships as well. Yeah, and so understanding that your husband is changing means that this this is good because he's trying to be better. And if you don't like that, maybe you should think about why you don't like that your husband is trying to be a better person. 
it's it's kind of pointing the mirror back at you, isn't it, sweetheart? Yeah. So I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it be nice if your husband came home from the gym and sh- and had a wife that said, um, uh, ooh, "Looking good there, Mister Sweaty Man," or something like that? Keep it up. I like it. Mama likes. You know, give him a smack on the butt or something like that. Every man would just be on seventh heaven. But instead, when he comes home, to why do you have to work out so much? It's like, well, it's only been three days this week and stuff. You didn't do that before. Why do you think you need to do it now? Why do you think you're some kind of he-man or something? That's like that seems to be the default like uh, response by a lot of women. Like, who do you think you are, mm. and what That's are you? That's very up disrespectful. To? And yeah, very much yeah. so. Um, so, it, but my point is that it, it does not take much to inflate our ego. Mm, looking good there, Mister. Done. I often use the thing of you look really cute in that shirt today. Oh, that's you know, like it's to you. You're listening to that, going, that sounds like nothing. To most men, if they heard that, they would be like doing cartwheels for a week. That's how you do look very cute in your stained Nike shirt. (laughs) Those aren't stains. Those are stains. Anyway, so. Um, Yeah, but there there are some women that are not comfortable with the amount of information that might be shared about amongst the guys. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. it gets kind of intimate and personal and detailed. And now in the days of facebook and social media it's hard to maintain your privacy um so i, I think there there might yeah. be an issue there i think a lot of men hold back more than what you think they do um there are some that are pretty blunt and graphic when they talk to me like in one-on-one talks and stuff where i'm just kind of like whoa easy there buddy i don't need to know that much um but for the most part it's just uh you know wife and i had a great night last night and uh, uh um she had two orgasms, and that's about the extent of the graphicness of it. Now, a lot of women don't like the, having their laundry aired, whether it's mm-hmm. good or bad, especially the bad. If it paints her in a bad light, oh, boy, I've noticed a lot of women are like, uh, no. But vice versa. What? How would you feel if I went on a girl's night out and um, dished on about how, how things are going in the bed, and then mm. all the girls would start comparing penis sizes? And I mean... I guess we assume you do that anyway. <laughs> no, we do. I mean, I don't. But I, I just wonder how You've does how some. does a guy feel about that? And no, I've heard some some pretty direct talk in our girls' nights out yeah. where where people I See? mean yeah. So I just dished out quite a bit on their sexual preferences in bed, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to share that. Um, so I'm not the type that goes into oversharing mode, but I've definitely been mm. there at places where it happens. But then I'm also thinking, isn't that exactly what those fraternities and those sisterhoods are for? You can you can talk about up, stuff safely open up. Yeah, open and it up. doesn't leave the halls. It's not yeah. like anybody's going to shout things from the rooftop. Yep. So I, I don't know. I I feel like if if you're that insecure and and uncomfortable about these things, and then, then really maybe that's that's the time to open up the conversation with your husband and, and have a talk one on one. Bring bring the conversation from the fraternity back into your household. Okay, I was going to say, but what are you talking about the talk? Because there's a thing I say in the book where it's just um, men, because of that, the talking, emoting Mm -hmm. is a soft skill, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let me let my guard down. Let me show you I'm vulnerable. Let me show you what's going on in my head right now because some of it's not too pretty and I got to get this out. And you're my partner, so you got to listen to some of this. And here we go. And men tend to kind of bottle, and when we let it out, well, boy, we really let it out, mm. and what we call the old emotional vomiting. Yeah. And um, a lack of sex makes us really, really feel bad. And so you, wife, hold the keys to me feeling bad, and it's been months now, and here goes, blah, and they vomit all over the wife. 
Is it that you don't love me? What's going on? I don't understand. You're my wife. We're supposed to be doing this. We're a married couple. Um, what's going on here? Is this what's wrong? Is there something wrong with you? Is there something wrong with me? But and on and on and on. And that talk just does not work Mm-mm. at all. No, but but that's also not what I mean. I think that there's the thing is the dead bedroom is just a symptom. Mm-hmm. And and I think if you're uncomfortable with your husband going in a fraternity talking about all the things that are not happening in your bedroom or all the things that are going wrong in your marriage then it's not time to have the conversation about the dead bedroom. It's time to to have that basic conversation. Are we, should we be together? And if not, then, then what are we going to do about it? That's a difficult conversation when you got three kids, yeah. mortgage and another mortgage. I know. And everything else. Like uh, maybe we should just throw a grenade in all this and make our lives even extra doubly hard. Yeah. And then I think you both uh, silently come to the conclusion of, or we can just ignore this for now. Because we have 19 other things to worry about today alone. So can we just kick this can, as we say, down the road further? And we'll we'll worry about it when we worry about it. And usually it's to the point where it's non-ignorable. One of you runs off and bangs somebody else or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so where to go from here? Um, you're a woman and you've discovered your man has read this book. Your knee-jerk thought is going to be... Uh, with some women, it's a it's a, an intense sadness. Oh shit, we're really that bad that he has to go read a freaking book about this. We're really that bad. Am I that bad of a wife? I mean, some men listening to that will say, "Yeah, my wife never would say that. She'll never take own you know ownership of that." Some do. Some are like, "I guess I'm that bad of a wife. This sucks." And um, I wish he would come to me with this instead of reading something from somebody. Um, I think I think your woman's reaction that you just reminded me of something to to all of this speaks volumes towards where your marriage is. Mm-hmm. If if your woman is reacting positively, saying, "Ooh, I'm I'm a little nervous about this. I'm I'm not sure what to make of it." But hey, let's talk. And hey, maybe there's something in it for me. Maybe there's something I can do to get better and to to so we can work on this together. That's awesome. But if your woman is lashing out, getting mad, refusing to talk to you. Um, then, then maybe your marriage is really in a in a pretty bad place. So I, th- I think that's that says a lot. What that reaction is, yeah, and, and that's, that's a difficult reaction or difficult reality for a lot of guys to come yeah. to grips with. Well, this. for the women too, um, to, to see that's where their yeah. marriage is really at, and uh, that it may mean if you're going to start over, guys, it's almost like starting over from scratch thing, and just put it all on the table. You're pissed at me from something I did back in 2013. I'm pissed at you for this thing you did. And we have never fully resolved that. And I don't like the way you look anymore. I don't like the way you act. I don't like this. I don't like that. Yeah, same to you. All right. So are we willing to put all that bullshit behind us? <laughs> it's easier said than done. Yeah. It's like after we just dumped all that on the table, you want to ignore it now? Well, that's the only thing we can do. I don't think I can. Yeah, I don't think I can either. And I guess that means we're done. Yeah, or we can just ignore this and live in this weird state of limbo forever, which just seems to be the default for a lot of people. Or, or, um, you or know. if you're in a good, healthy place, but you just lost your way somehow somewhere down the road, this is kind of a fun little adventure. Let's fix this together. Yeah. Or get some counseling involved as a mediator. Sometimes that works. Yeah. Um, I tell you, though, I hear of all these counseling stories, of which I was part of that world for exactly one counseling session with my ex and it's not the prettiest thing in the world um a lot of the counseling 
is, you know, we talked about those soft things we talked about. It's basically, hey, Mr. Man, you need to bump up your soft shit a lot more than what you're doing now. And even if the guy is already like, I'm an anxious mess and I can't stop emoting to my wife. Well, you need to be you need to help out more around the house and do more chores and need to help relieve stress and let her do this and you need to talk more and you need to, oh, okay. And I hear these guys and like, man, I've been doing this for two years. And then I read your dumb book and uh, talked to one of your guys in your group once and already my wife's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's like, why don't they tell this stuff? Well, the, the counselor types, their hands are kind of tied. Yeah. Because I looked into the world of maybe I want to become a licensed family counselor or something because that will give me more, you know, cachet in this world and I can put that on my behind my name. And when you start reading into it and what you can, can't do, what the, the curriculum and the amount of money you got to spend to get there in time. And um, yeah, I was just like, I was very turned off by it. No, versus I can have somebody sign a waiver and call myself a coach and say, I'm not a counselor. I'm not licensed in any way. Take it or leave it. This but is, I can tell you what, how I really feel. Yeah, this is just a guy who's been there, done that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't hold back. And none of the other guys that work for me, they, they don't hold back either, if that's a value. And from what I'm hearing from guys, oh, thank God. Because the other person just kept blowing smoke up my ass, just trying to make me feel better. Yeah. And that doesn't get anything done. Um, yeah. Well, um, I'm... I, we do have a um, a women's group for the the DSO wives that are out there, and um, if you feel like you're you're rattled by what you've discovered, what your husband's up to, um, well, is is the prereq prerequisite to yeah. get in the group is that your husband is somehow involved in this DSO world, like he read the book? I think so. Fraternity? Yeah, because the, the, you have to kind of understand what's going on to be to be able to understand the conversations happening yeah. in the group, and so it's. If, it's a small group, so it's pretty intimate. We're we're trying to be all very polite and nice and create a safe space <laughs> so that women can say really how they feel about what's going on in their households after the DSO world was introduced to the husbands. So again, you're a wife. Your your husband is involved in this DSO world somehow. In some form. Mm -hmm. it, it, he may have just read a blog post. He may have read the book. book he may just be in the fraternity. But you're aware of it. Of, of the world. And you're like, yeah. I want to get, let me jump on board here a little bit and see what's going on. Um, how do they find that group on Facebook? Let's put that out there. It's on Facebook. Search for DSO. DSO Women's. Women's. DSO Women's group, and you'll find it. And then they have to request access. Yeah. We will not let you interview a random guy who lives in somewhere. Like, I think last last week, a guy from Afghanistan literally wanted to be in the group. So you, you there has to be a link somehow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So guys not allowed, just like the girls are not allowed in the fraternity. Hence the word fraternity. Mm -hmm. Um. But but I think it might help to just go on that in that group and become a member of that group if you feel anxious about what's going on in your house, because some of the women have already been through it and they can tell you, hey, this it led to really great things in our marriage. And um, may just kind of soften the waves a little bit for you that you feel maybe washing over you as you're trying to process what your husband's doing. Because if your husband all of a sudden goes to the gym five times a week and a year ago told you he hates gyms, <laughs> um, that may make you really nervous and you may wonder what 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 blonde young girl is behind that. And um, if you enter the group, join the group, you might hear, oh, all these other women had the same thought and the same fear, but look where they're now and they're in a much happier life in their marriage or we're not in their marriage, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's a small group, so it might be worthwhile checking it out. Um, I know we'll wrap it up here soon, but what do you think of the term? We already used it once midlife crisis. 
I think it's a it's a good umbrella term for a for a time in our lives where we find ourselves reevaluating. I think just the quarter life crisis is the same thing. There are certain times in our lives, uh, the biggest, most that everybody's familiar with is the is puberty and young adulthood. Everybody talks about that. But there are other developmental milestones we meet as we get older. We all think once you're an adult, you're an adult, you're done developing, but you're, you're, you continue to mature. I mean, we all know of the grumpy old men. They, they got there somehow. So from, from teenage years through grumpy old men stage, we all go through, the men go through changes and re-evaluations re of where they are in their lives. And the same happens to women. I've heard it's mostly a negative connotation from what I've heard. Yeah, it's the whole of buying a sports car, running yeah, off pony, with a younger girl. Ponytail, red sports car, young sure. gumbo. You have that on the man side. And then there's the um, what I hear from all these guys. My wife went through a midlife crisis and started acting very youngish. And Botoxing. And, and sleeping yeah. around and everything else. And I, I have firsthand knowledge of that world. I've seen <laughs> it firsthand. Um, yeah, it's a very real thing. But yeah. uh, at the same time... When, uh, you know, some guy decides, damn it, I'm tired of being fat. I want to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to work on my career and et cetera, et cetera. And the woman just goes, midlife crisis. Um, you know, if I'm that guy, I go, yeah, it's called. I'm kind of tired of being tired. Yeah, I wouldn't belittle it at all. I think it's a, there's a huge, I mean, imagine that. You you have just, so usually it happens somewhere in your late 30s to early, late, late 40s, right? Kind of in that age group. Yeah. I would say like 35 to maybe 50. The big five zeros around the corner. Yeah, but like what, what is that in, in most people's lives? The kids are older. You have settled somewhere in your job or you realize this job isn't for me. I need yeah. a major career change. Um, a lot of changes happen. Your, your parents are aging. You're losing that support. Um, you may have had a company that is now going downhill after you put 20 years of your life into it and now it's going downhill and, and you, or in the economy crashed. So usually you're in a point in your life where you have a lot of responsibility, you have debt, mortgage, you have kids. Your kids no longer need you as much. You're not looking as good as you looked in your 20s. You're, you're noticing your energy levels are going down. There's so many major changes and responsibilities and things that pull you in all directions mm -hmm. that I think it's just a setup for you taking a step back saying, I can't do this anymore, or I need to change something. Or, and also as we get well, I'm older. confronted with a change. And also as we get older, we recognize uh, just how fast time goes by. Yeah. Like the last 10 years just went by like nothing. Yeah, and then you also get the panic the next, of, I have 10 more years. And this 10 years, the next 10 years is going to go by like nothing. And then I'm an officially an old man by all definition. Holy crap. Who am I? What have I done? What's in store for me? Et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's very, it's a vulnerable time where, uh, we, don't, we don't need to get into this, where suicide rates go up. Yeah. And um, so I think um, th there's nothing to belittle. I think it's a very, very valid time in our lives that um, that can be a great, can serve as great momentum to, to improve something significantly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be anything bad. It's just portrayed as something bad in, in pop culture. And again, as uh, you're the spouse and your partner's suddenly like... Uh I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to make a change. Your reaction to that says everything about you. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, hot damn. I guess I better uh, start getting my butt in the gym if I want my, keep my sexy new wife around. That seems like a nice, healthy, cute thing to say, you know, um, as opposed to, uh, oh, great. What's next? You're going to run off of the pool boy? <laughs> um you're going to do what so-and-so's wife did and leave me, you whore, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so same for the wives. 
you're reading this book. Yeah. What does this mean? You're going to run off with your secretary just like so-and-so did. Um, yeah, it speaks to your uh, uh, lack of self-esteem. Maybe, yeah. Your, uh, yeah, lack of trust in the other person. No, that's good. Yeah. All right. So how shall we end this? Uh, again, if you don't know about the book, The Dead Bedroom Fix, available at all the major retailers, or you can go to deadbedroomfix.com. And again, the DSO Women's Group on Facebook, if you're a lady and you would like to join a group of women that are like, what the hell's all this DSO stuff about? And let's talk about our husbands behind their back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Pay them back. Pay them back. Hey, ladies, they're talking about you. <laughs> For sure. But actually, most of the time, they're talking about themselves. I think if you went on the groups, you would see this is a lot of gym talk, job talk, hobbies talk, and um, a lot of the talk, and this is necessarily a good thing, but a lot of talk when it comes to women is how can I win my wife's favor? That's what a lot of women uh, don't understand is when a bunch of men get together, it's like, how can I become more attractive to women in general or to this one woman in particular? Oh, wow, that's that's horrible. How do we live with ourselves? That was sarcasm. Because <laughs> by my opinion, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. All right. So that's it? Yep, I think so. All right, folks. Mr. and Mrs. DSO signing off, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks a bunch. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, Discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team. Discounts on our video courses and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.